You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Andre, you know, we have not recently done one of our Let's Just Shoot the Shit podcasts. Yep. Uh, some of those are really fun because when we sit down, we don't even know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> and it shows. Yeah. But thank you for listening anyways. So what, uh, what we have in front of us is uh, two bottles of wine that I, I pulled out of the cellar today. Yep. And uh, I thought, you know, they seem interesting. And uh, they're from two very different regions. One is the Lake Erie North Shore. The other one is Niagara. And uh, probably two wineries that everybody has heard of and probably takes them for granted. That I they're would, always going to be there. I would definitely agree with that. And I know, especially over the past eight months, the Bordeaux-style blends and Chardonnay coming from Henry of Pelham, for one. Which is one of the wineries Has been so outstanding that I even forgot about the words Baco Noir. How about that? You got to bring that right up, don't you? You got to bring it right in there. It's well, Paul said that it's the winery that Baco built, but come on, the Cab Merlot, like the 2012 that recently came out, the all the Chardonnay that's come out recently. So here's here are the wines we we opened here. I'm, well, let's start with this first one. It's a 2005 Cabernet Franc. I'm going to pour it into your glass. We did a little pre-tasting of it, yep, just to make sure that it wasn't corked or anything because. Yep. Nothing's worse than getting a live corked bottle. Yep. Because that, that's head snapping. Yes. Um, but. And we're enjoying this out of Zalto glasses. Yes. Which you, is. You pulled them out. It's very choice. They're very nice glasses. Very nice. Very thin. I'm always afraid when I use these glasses that I uh, when I start swirling that the head of this is going to pop off like a dandelion. You know, you could pop that thing right off. You know, the, the nose on this is interesting. Um. And it's changed since you've opened it. Like it's almost like the wine is starting to die very quickly. But the nose is very mushroomy, like roasted portobello yeah. mushroom. Yeah, that's but where it's at going. least, but at least it's not underripe fruit. It's how not was, underripe. How was two thousand and five? Is the summer two thousand five is hot year. It's a hot vintage. That's why I brought it. I thought, let's see what's going to happen with this Cabernet Franc in a hot vintage. Thirteen years on. When we first opened it, I found it old red wine. Yep. It had very little character to it whatsoever. Yes. And now you have finally, you know, an, uh, a half hour later, it's got character. Finally. Something. I don't know if the character is good. It's more like Oscar the Grouch, maybe, if it's a character. Or uh, perhaps a Mr. Wilson. I mean, the, the, the fruit that was there on the nose that was sort of muted in the first place is now completely dead. On the palate, I'm getting sort of a, a red pepper jelly but it's not an underripe like it's 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 soft it's muted acids are soft I, i'd give you all of that and but but when we first tasted it it had it had no excitement whatsoever and now at least we can start picking out some flavors some aromas and people are always asking me you know should i age my wine i definitely recommend people to age mm. wine you should always age wine if you can Okay, so second sip was more of the first, but the third sip, you get a little bit more fruit on the back. And it's not like completely dried fruit. It's not completely fresh either. No, there's no fresh fruit in this whatsoever. It's all but that it's a little bit more like it's a little bit more red fruit. It's raspberry kind of like, leather, yeah. yep. strawberry leather, something like that. 
Um, it's a it's a very look. It's a thirteen year old Cabernet Franc. I am expecting nothing. How much did you pay for this when you bought it, Michael? Oh heck, you know this. I'm I'm gonna say it's under twenty. I'm definitely gonna say it's under twenty when I bought it. Hang on one second. Hello. And Andre is going to take a phone call right now from his new bride. Yes. You can hear the love in his voice. I don't just if what's it on sale for? And yeah, why don't you just grab four pounds? We got one in the freezer already. Four pounds. Maybe he's buying children. Yep, I've got the like mise en place in place. And Michael and I are just finishing up, finishing up a podcast, so we'll be able to relax Ooh. and kick him out of the house. Mise en place. Okay, Mike. Are we going to leave that in the podcast? I don't know. I'm making comments on your phone call. That's funny. Um, so, look, it's 13 years old. I expected very, I expected little from it, to tell you the honest truth. But I'm always interested in older wines, which is why I hold some of these. People go, why are you holding these wines for so long? I'm like, because I want to learn. And this is the and only way to learn. I, I appreciate that you open up these old wines for me. And I think it's great to be able to talk about them but one of the things i've learned from doing these podcasts with you i'm not a big fan of old wine see i i find them so super interesting and our good friend conrad edgebeck also is is, he's probably the guy who got me interested in older wines because uh i've traveled with conrad a couple times Mm -hmm. and we we've gone to uh we've gone to italy twice and sooner or later, someone's going to pour an older wine. Mm-hmm. And in my very first trip with him, somebody did pour older wines. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. He goes, why don't you like it? What's the problem with it? There's there's some, there's always something interesting in a bottle of wine. As long as it's not corked, there's always something interesting in a bottle of wine. Even if it's turned, there's some kind of – there's a learning experience that you can put into your memory banks yes. later and, and pull it out and go – you know what? That's not as old as the last one, I tra- or it's not as dead you know, I, as I, one I, of the other ones I tried. Yeah, I think maybe I didn't choose my words completely correctly there. I I prefer my wines in their youth. I like when the, the fruit is young and vibrant, and I like it when the tannin has started to soften. And to be honest, it's, it's fun to have a bit of a collection of wine and try to hit that sweet spot, because from region to region and, and varietal to varietal, it's a moving target. Uh, I opened up a Chateau La Confession, which is a... a a Bordeaux, a, a Saint Emilion Bordeaux winery, is owned by John Howard in Niagara. Just a bit of a shout out if you want to kind of get a cool Canadian connection. I opened up in 2008, and it was still so incredibly young. It was like, what the hell am I doing? But he committed infanticide, and that's it. But wait a minute, it was fun to like. I, I held on to that bottle for five years before opening it. Holy shit, that's a long time for you. I know. If it had been a bottle of Chardonnay. It would never have made it to the five-year mark. Actually, I have some Chardonnay in, in my collection now. That's going to last a little while. Ooh. But, I mean, like I said, like, the point, like, uh, when, when people ask about old wines, and it's sort of the way pop culture portrays old wines, which is like, oh, I'm I'm opening up a 1955 Franzia. I mean, it, it's got this romanticism about these old wines that they taste much better than young wines, but it's just, they taste different. Do you know what? The ooh factor is the 1955 part. Or the 1961, yep. or what? You know that year is the is the ooh factor. Yeah, it could be an ooh factor when you taste the wine. 
Yeah, but nobody ever gives you that look because they're probably drinking Kool Aid at the time. So the movies. My glass is empty, and I already pre-tasted the second one that you're pouring, and I still maintain this winery is incredibly underrated. Especially they're, when you get into this line of wines. Well, even even, even the general list stuff, their VQA general list stuff. It's the unfortunate thing about their unique terroir is that they get a little bit more heat than most wineries in Niagara. So when you're talking about the general list wines, they are generally more ripe than what you would find from Correct. Say, places yeah. like Chateau de Charme and Vineland that occupy some incredible stellar places in the general list. Yep. But I'm talking about Peely Island. Yeah. Now, Peely Island Winery, Vine Dressers, which is the stuff you can only get at the winery. This sometimes works its way through vintages, but not often. And this is their uh, 2012 Meritage. Woohoo! And uh, I'm just trying to read the back of the label. It does say that there is um, Cab Sau, Merlot, and Cab Franc. So that's it. It is the. Three. I believe this is what we were enjoying on the island when we did the podcast with Daryl at the Pavilion. I think this is one of the wines we tasted in that podcast. The twelve? I yeah. thought it was a fifteen or something. Wasn't no, it was it? twelve. It was, it was hot 12? vintage. All right. When, so, when 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 we were fortunate enough to get to raid their retail store, oh, that's right, we did get to raid the retail store, and it's another reason to visit the um, visit the winery if you get down there. Is the uh, quality of the wines are we got to plan another trip down there? Working on it. Okay, good. All right, so uh, might be nice to go down there for harvest. I don't want to do any work. Fine, I'll do it. Okay, I'll sit and I'll tell you what to do. Pick that bunch. Pick that bunch of grapes. Hey, that one looks ripe. But this is, speaking of ripe, this is definitely ripe fruit. Mm. Uh, it's definitely juicier than, than the uh, 05 and obviously, you know, seven years uh, younger. Mm. Have you swallowed that first sip yet or are you just Mm-mm. still? So mm. there's definitely a jammy quality to this wine as well. But it's got some nice uh, restraint to it. It's. The whole thing has been given a nice vanilla hug. Like there, there is quite a bit of oak on it, but the tannin is so soft yeah, and and well integrated that this thing is just lush red fruit. And that acidity just comes in. It comes in probably on your third or fourth sip. You don't get mm-hmm. it on the first two because you're trying to your 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 palate is overwhelmed with all that you know juicy. Hang on, succulent. Hang fruit. on, I got, I got my I got my official tasting note for this. Yum 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 yum. I really don't know where to go with your little tasting of yum, 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 yum. But it's so good. But it, it's 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 so and this is interesting. like a twenty dollar bottle. Yeah, of wine. it's a twenty dollar bottle of wine. But it's it's interesting to see. So one's a six year old bottle, one's a thirteen year old bottle. So, and and we're gonna we're gonna keep doing these kind of podcasts where we do open some old wines, and 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 talk about them because I think it's I think it's interesting to find out where Ontario's sweet spot is. For certain varieties. I think if there's, there's two things I've learned from doing the podcast with you is uh, just the idea of what it takes to build a cellar. Because I, I have a pretty good collection going. It's not anywhere nearly as big as yours. And I'd say the average price of a bottle in my collection is a little bit higher than yours. And that's not... And I don't mean to say that in a braggadocious way. No, no. I, look, look, when I started my cellar... Um, and this is, how, this is how I started my cellar. Uh... I went, okay, I'm comfortable at $10 a yeah. bottle. And this would have been like 15, 20 years ago? Yeah, this is 15 years ago, easily. Yeah. 
um, where you could buy a few more bottles for under ten dollars. Now you, I don't know how many bottles are under ten dollars these days in the LCBO, but there's not a lot. The sweet, um, the sweet spot for me is around twenty dollars. Yeah, well, that's that's what it is for me now. I'm always looking for that great value under twenty. Yeah, I'll go twenty five. I'll go thirty. I'll go forty if it's a great bottle of wine. But you're not I know buying my, it by the half case. You're no, buying a couple of bottles. Couple of bottles. There. I know, and, I, and I'm doing the same thing. Like, I, I know my wife loves her Chardonnay. Yeah, I know that's why you love my wife. It's because she loves her Chardonnay, and she will spend a good dollar on on Chardonnay because she is of the opinion that it, life is too short. I twenty five to thirty dollars is my sweet spot, but I've been finding the odd bottle jumping out at me that's pushed north of that. And if you go back to the podcast and listen to the trip to California that I had, uh, that really was a mind fuck in terms of value and. Um, I never in a million years thought I would drop $100 on a bottle of wine. I still can't do it. And, and feel like I, I wasn't getting ripped off. But part of it is, and, and, he, and here's the thing, and, and this is a mantra that I, I don't know if we've talked about on the podcast, but it is the single best piece of advice I've ever been given uh, from Michael and, and, and pretty much from anyone when it comes to being an N a tourist, like being a wine tourist. When you visit a region and you have the winemaker in front of you pouring the wine, it is really hard to not fall in love with the person, with the story, with everything. And the wines definitely taste better when you're in the region. Oh, for sure. So when you are I've tasting a bottle of wine, way. yeah, when you're tasting a bottle of wine at the winery when you're traveling, whether it's California, Franciacorta, or Bordeaux, Chile, all places Portugal, that been, anywhere that you've been, just make sure that you're enjoying that bottle like twice as much as you think yeah. that you are. 200, 250%. Because when you get it home and you open it up and you think, you know what, I'm going to love this bottle, I can tell you that I went to Germany, tasted a bottle of wine there, was just enthralled with it. I thought, this is great. Brought it home, put it in the wine fridge. I thought it was months later. Turns out three weeks later, I opened the bottle of wine, poured it for my wife, and I said, you got to try this wine. It's so fantastic. She looked at me like I had three heads, and I just shat on the ground in front of her yeah because it was horrific and i'm like no no it's really good and i tasted it and i'm like this is absolutely horrific but i got a fake that i like it make sure you're not faking that you like it make sure you actually do like it and that advice is, has held true uh I, I i think it it is some really great advice and i've had some bottles where and it's the thing where it's, i've had some bottles where i really really loved them when i was traveling and when i got them home thankfully with Michael Pincus's voice in the back of my head. Which you don't want, usually. I've had some bottles come home where it's just they haven't been as good yeah. as when I tasted them in the region. But it's just like, I know exactly where I was in my headspace. And the cool thing about that is you can still, like, smell and taste can be really powerful triggers yeah. for, for memory. And it's nice to be able to revisit that. But you asked where... So I, I started at at, uh, at $10. Yep. And I remember um, reading uh, a book publication Toronto Life used to used to or maybe they still do put out a booklet that David Lorison used to do. Yeah, I don't and, think they do anymore. Okay, so but it was a booklet of of all the wines that that he was recommending out of the LCBO and at one point uh there was this wine called Long Flat Red out of Australia that was $10.05. Mm-hmm. Now that's 5 cents over my budget, but the moment you hit over your budget, that means you can no longer say my budget's $10. Yep. So I went out cuz he gave it like 
you know, a really good score. And I went out and bought it. I really like that wine. So now I'm starting to push. So a lot of my bottles are, you know, starting at 10. Then I said, okay, I'm not, I'm 12. Now I'm 15. Now I'm 20. So that's how I ended up with 2,400 bottles See, of wine. The, the thing for me, when I first moved to Toronto 10 years ago, I was actually working in banking. So I had a little bit more disposable income than I do now working in radio. God bless people at Bell Media. Please don't take them. Uh... <laughs> but uh, when I started tasting Ontario wines, and I, it's still the photo that's the background on my phone, is the 2004 Showcase Cabernet Sauvignon from Hillebrand. And it was $35 a bottle. And at this time, I was drinking, I think I was still drinking Wolf Blast, some Wolf Blast Yellow, which it's still a good 10 years ago was not was not bad wine. Uh, it was expensive 10 years ago. Now it's it's you know, right in that wheelhouse. Yeah, and um, I was drinking a lot of Chateau de Charme, a lot of the the Trias. Like I, I wasn't drinking at the time. There was a lot of Hillebrand. There was a, a tier that was below what is now just the regular Trias line. But I was drinking a lot of Trias, so I was spending fifteen dollars a bottle on on average. But when I opened that bottle, the showcase, and saw what a premium bottle of wine tasted like, that was it. I was done. Now that being said, I wasn't spending thirty five dollars on a regular bottle of wine. I was still hunting for a bargain, but didn't become a problem for me anymore to spend a little bit more on the special occasion wines, even if the special occasion was a great friend coming to visit or buying a nice piece of meat. Like I, I just, I think what I've learned is those special occasions, there's more of them than just waiting for the one or two a year. I think special occasion in this house happens probably 52 times. I, I have a lot of special occasions. That's why I open a lot of sparkling wine. See, I'm looking. Yeah, at, you, you call it Friday. Sparkling wine Friday. Open a bottle of bubble. You don't have to open champagne. You can open a $15, $20 bottle of sparkling wine. And, and they're, you know, so I'm just looking, by the way, at, uh, at the Wolf Blast Yellow Label Shiraz on the LCBO website. Oh, Cab Sof, Cab Sof. I was drinking Cab Sof. Oh, so, all right. So the Shiraz is $17. I remember that being more expensive. Or maybe it just was more expensive in my mind. Could be. Seventeen bucks. I I don't see the camera low, but uh, maybe I haven't. Uh, oh, there it is. The yellow label cab. So, oh, that's uh, nineteen ninety five. Well, this one's the um, the Magnum, so it's thirty three dollars. So let's split that in half. That's pretty much how the LCBO works it. So that's, I like my big bottles. I really again, you're leaving me speechless on some of these. I guess it's you know for some of the stuff I say to you sometimes. I guess. Uh, let's wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Look, thing. it's a good rambling. How podcast. the hell are what the hell are we even going to call this podcast? What do we even talk about? We ramble on and on. We just want to make sure that people know that Michael and I are still drinking copious amounts of wine when we're not interviewing people. <laughs> Thank you very much for bringing that 2012 vine dressers, though. Um, I can't hesitate enough. This is sort of the last kind of anecdote that I tell people, or the last sort of uh, I'll call it an ism. When I talk to people, especially people like Brian Schmidt and Amelie and, and, and Paul Jr., um, we, we get to talk to a lot of people who are making... Vi- Vineland, and Shadow to Charm. Charm. Trius, let's, say, let's throw Craig McDonald in there. Let's throw Katie at, at Peller. Yep. Um, we taste, and we tend to focus more on the, the, the premium winemakers of the province. So we're talking like the $20 price range and up. Yep. But in Ontario, we are so lucky to have a great entry level. And, I mean, it, it, it is difficult. You won't find a great bottle of Ontario wine for $10, a great bottle of BQA wine for $10. And I'm okay with that. But if you give me 
I will find you a great bottle of wine. And the thing is, these people at the entry level have the most important job in the province because their job is to convince people to spend twenty dollars. I would say I would say fifteen dollars would be pushing it. But if I you, if I gave you twenty dollars, you could find a multitude of wines in this province that would that would definitely you know please what? a lot of palates. I think that's an idea for a podcast because I actually learned something in, in California that I, I, I've run by a couple people and gotten a few head nods. And uh, we're in a great place in Ontario because $20 is the, the jumping in point. But let's let's maybe revisit that at a later point. We shall do that. You know what? Speaking of jumping in, I'm just uh, revisiting this. Oh, Pelee Island, Island is underrated as a winery. Can't say that enough. I'm he's dropping the okay, mic. He's dropping his pen. And I'm just going to say this. I'm revisiting this Henry of Pelham 05 Cabernet Franc. And as I, as I say to people, look, when you, this thir- after 13 years under cork, or at least 11 years under cork, when you pop that cork, you, if you were trapped in a bottle for 11 years, Andre, you'd be a little grumpy too. I think you would, especially that kind of small bottle. This wine is finally starting to open up, and I think... We may be in for a treat in a couple of hours. I'm Andre Prue from underwinerview.ca. I'm Michael Pincus from michaelpincuswinerview.com. Subscribe to this podcast, leave a comment, tell people about it, share the word of Ontario wine to everyone. Everyone you know. Thank you to Henry of Pelham for making a wonderful bottle of wine. Thank you to Peely Island for making another wonderful bottle of wine. Thanks to all the wineries in Ontario who make great bottles of wine. And... Good night! When did you get so sappy? Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.